everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Translating Love. I'm Danny, and I'm Voifi. So we're bleh, we're going to keep this uh, intro pretty short. Yeah, it's going to be short because we have a really exciting guest on the show today,、mm-hmm. um, and we talk with her about mental health and relationships.、Mm-hmm. And she has a a sad story with a happy ending. Yeah, and um, yeah. Yeah, it, I think it's just, yeah. But again, thank you for everyone who listens, everyone who keeps listening.、Um, we hear you, we see your comments, your feedback.、Um, yeah, your support means a lot. It does. And let's just call her. Let's call Kim. And hello, we are here with Kim on the telephone. Hello, hi Kim. Hi, hi how are you? you? I'm good. We're、excited、fine. Excited to talk to you. Oh, that's 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 nice. We're excited too. <laughs> we are so, we are、so、not、much. that exciting, but we are excited that you are here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're exciting. Well, <laughs> not not really, but we compensate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just wanted to say thank you for giving me the chance to talk to you guys today. I'm a fan of your podcast, and I really、oh. appreciate your work. So. It's awesome. It's that's sweet that you call it work. <laughs> <laughs> that's really nice. That's really nice. That we appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. The the stuff that we're putting out from our basement is, yeah. <laughs> as I call it so often, shit. But it's not shit. So I. We but、really、we do talk it. about poop sometimes. So yeah, we do that. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> I think a lot of people say they don't, but we we, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> really, I know. I met people they they never talk about poop, and if you like, when,、uh, a couple of years when Danielle came to Austria and I mentioned <laughs> something about poop, she was like freaking out. She was like, "Don't talk about this. Don't ask me how my poop was." <laughs> I remember there was like one of the first. Dinners or or lunch we had, and, and was, I asked but, you. But if, this is the first, like one of the first times we're sitting down eating with his mom and his <laughs> sister. So it's like for me, I'm already so nervous, and we're eating something with corn, and he literally just turns to me and goes, "Do you digest corn, or does it just come out whole?" <laughs> I'm just interested. I was just interested. And also, it's it's a common thing that a lot of people don't digest it. I know it's common, but you typically、right? don't talk about it at lunch while you're eating. I don't know. I why not? <laughs> I'm already super excited for my friends to hear this because <laughs> whenever I'm with my friends, we talk about poop, and I'm, I'm sure they will say, "Well, you even are in a podcast, and the first thing you talk about <laughs> is poop." So I guess it's all about me. No, no, no. That's 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 every every time. That's my 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 favorite topic. It comes up often. Yep. I totally understand that. It's a great topic. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> But let's get into the the more serious、yes. topic of this podcast. Yes. Well, before we do, maybe just how we met Kim. Oh yeah. Technically, we've never actually met Kim.、Right. So、uh, we met her through Instagram. Right. And I- she lives in Vienna. Yeah. And yeah, I think. Voifi, I think you started following her first. I don't know, probably. And then、maybe. I don't know. You like showed me some of her posts sometime or something. I was like, oh, she's cool. And then I started following her too. And、yeah. <laughs> oh, she's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it's one of those. I don't know. It's it's 
it's a it's different super time. Random, but <laughs> yeah. I, but I it's think random. it's awesome. And uh, so you see that social media j does have its positive side as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can bring people together. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But the topic today is mental health or like mental health in relationships mm -hmm. kind of it affects relationships because we talked about anxiety and we talked did we talk about depression yet not in so much detail but, but trauma we touched on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right um and you have a quite interesting story a sad story um but also i think you have some interesting uh uh insights and also like experience about the whole thing but yeah maybe you want to like start uh like a little back or like a little in your uh, childhood childhood maybe mm -hmm. so um generally speaking um mental health is an issue for me for like two years now and it's pretty funny because all my life i i was very unemotional and so i grew up um with a drinking father um, I don't have too many um, memories of him actually being with us. I just, um, I know my, my mom told me a lot when I was like 14 or 15. So he was basically um, cheating on her and abusing her before they even got married. And they had to get married because um, she was pregnant with me. And um, my grandfather, so the father of my mother, um, actually told her she had to marry him. Okay. Mm. Because he didn't want to have a, how do you call that, unmarried child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we were living on the countryside and, um, you know, people were Catholic and it's oh, yeah. the, how, yeah, how things yeah, were. Yeah. Yep. And so they got married and it was a pretty bad relationship all over. Because also his mother, she, she's horrible. I mean, the whole family is very materialistic. And she, for example, always yelled at my mom and told her um, the worst things about herself. So my mom actually got a very serious mental health issue. Mm -hmm. um, she even got into an eating disorder. Oh, no. Because it was like she told, she literally told my mother, you fat fuck don't you just want to puke so you look better wow. and i remember me being like nine or ten and she tried to do that with me as well mm. so looking like oh yo you have to be slimmer because people won't like you oh my god it's a good lesson so for a young girl yeah amazing absolutely amazing and i remember her being so judge judgmental and she was like the grandmother that would say, well, if you call me and if you look nice, you will get um, 10 bucks, for example. So she tried to do it over money. But in a very, very mean way. Um, so it was it was a very twisted relationship. And um, for a very long time, I thought that's awesome because I got all the presents and um, I got the money. So, well, why wouldn't they love me? But it wasn't about love at all. So when I was, we moved a lot also um, because my, my biological father um, was from Vienna and all his family. But we lived um, 
in Lower Austria at the countryside where my family is from. And he was never happy there. And he started drinking very heavily. I mean, he always did from what I know, but not like that. And then it started to be really, really bad. Like he lost his job, but he wouldn't tell anybody. And my mom found out over a mutual friend because he was caught hiding um, bottles of liquor in the toilet at work and stuff like that. Oh. So it was it was pretty, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my mom told him to um, get into rehab or she will get a divorce. And one of my childhood memories actually is being in a huge yellow house with lots of men in wheelchairs and bathrobes. And I never knew what that was. So it was actually the rehab center where okay. we visited how, him. How old were you? Six, seven. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So pretty young. So I have, uh, I don't have a lot of memories of him being with us. I just know he loved to work with his tools and wood. And he actually showed me a lot, but he would always swear so much. And that's actually one of the things that is a huge factor in um, for me or for my later anxiety because I cannot have people yell at me. I, I immediately just start crying. It's super weird, and and that's that's what's what he did always. He would he would have these really bad swear words, and then I have this memory where he would just yell asshole at me and stuff. So it was just he was never a father. He was just I don't know. And my mom actually told me, I don't know if I can tell the story, but I will just do. Um, When they told me that they will get divorced, my mom told me I was sitting in the bathtub. And they came into the room, into the bathroom, and asked how many children in my class have divorced parents. And I said, well, I don't know why. And she said, well, we're getting a divorce. And my mom told me, I cannot remember this. My mom told me, I looked at her and I said... Well, okay, I hope you find a nice daddy for me. Wow. Okay. And he, (laughs) she told me his face just collapsed. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and then um, they got a divorce and he moved back to Vienna. And my mom um, moved back to my grandparents. And she told me she had nothing, actually, because his mother was super aware that she didn't get anything. So she basically left with... A, cup, uh, a couple Tupperware plastics oh and me. And he, she mm-hmm. even got some uh, debt from him. So, yeah, oh, she, she didn't nice. have a lot at that time. And he got everything. And, yeah. And then I actually had contact with them till I was 16. And I was always the black sheep. Like, I have a stepsister from his side. She's four years older than me. And she was always the good one that could do everything. She, she, she could try whatever school she wanted. Money was never an issue. And for me, it was always like, well, you're too lazy anyways, or you're just not going to make it, or just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was, I was always the black sheep, and I never understood mm-hmm. why. And then my... So they basically, pro- sorry, but they basically projected something onto you that yeah. stemmed from either the relationship uh, that they didn't approve on or or I don't know something they just it's horrible to 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 I don't know it's so horrible to 
abuse a child emotionally like that to to not even directly tell i mean in your case they did tell you sometimes i assume but also indirectly see how worse you get treated compared to your stepsister even though mm -hmm. you didn't do anything it was not your fault that your parents got a divorce or that your dad was so fucked up but yeah it's just so horrible so what i what i should probably add is at that time when i went there he was sober but it was just not better because they for some reason hated my mom i mean i have to say my mom is absolutely amazing because well from what i know now i have no clue how she did it she saw him every other weekend because she was always like well he is your father and she didn't tell me a lot of things until well you know sometimes i don't even know everything today because she doesn't like talking about it either but i knew a lot of the story when i was 16 She never said anything bad. She never did anything bad. She always said, well, it's your father and you have a right to see your father. And it's it must be crazy as a mother to see how your child feels because she told me whenever I came back from them over the weekend, I changed. I was different. And we had so many very weird weekends because my father would date so many women and he would always bring them. And sometimes... You know, the one's name is Anna and the other name's, I don't know, Barbara. And you would just mix up their names and then you would have fucked up child. So it's super weird. <laughs> and then my grandmother would always try to tell me, you know, to lose weight and to that my mom is shitty. And it was it was just, yeah. And then we had this one vacation. That was actually the first time I really considered not talking to them anymore. We went to Sicily, so my father, his wife at that time, my grandmother, my sister and me. And I was 13 at the time. And it was fun there. It was an Easter break and they had some, some, it was the first time, you know, boys were kind of interesting, but not really yet. And there were some nice Italian mm -hmm. boys and my <laughs> sister and me were just trying to impress some of them, you know. And one night I have, I still have no clue where this is coming from. My grandmother would come into a hotel room for my sister and me and would just tell me that I'm, I just try to translate it into English, that I'm fucked up and I'm a liar and I'm a bitch and I, 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 I false every person and, and, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't do anything. And, you know, nobody said anything. Like my father and my sister, nobody did anything. They were just looking. While she was yelling at me that I'm a fucked up wrong false bitch i mean i was 13. so yeah um i kind of to not let's take this forever um i kind of grew up with a lot of people trying to tell me that i'm not worthy and i'm not all right the way i am and that i i'm false i never know why people will tell me that i'm false because i was always someone that really spoke her mind Mm -hmm. But at that, I probably gave them the right to tell me that it's not a right. I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I stopped seeing them when I was 16. And that was the last time mm -hmm. I talked to my father or my grandmother, for that matter. Yeah. I've seen my father in Vienna on the street a couple years ago because he, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what kind of weird karma that is. But he, when I came to Vienna in 2015, I lived in a shared apartment and he obviously lived right next to my house. 
because one day I was oh, okay. going down the stairs uh, to work and it was like in a movie. Um, I was with my ex-boyfriend at that time and I saw this man coming out of a house and I just dropped everything and he looked at me and was like, what? It's like, that's, that's my father. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, well, you know, one of these weird moments where you're just sure that you've seen that person, that was one of them. I don't know if he knew me. I have no clue. So, yeah, um, that was. Um, but the thing is, the funny thing is that I never really considered this a, a horrible story. I never was emotional enough to see that as a problem. I was like, well, I was a divorced child. Nothing bad happened, you know. And I never, I never, sorry, I never thought of it that way. I do now because I didn't care. But now where a lot of other events um, caused my mental health to, or my, my wall to break down, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I now know that this is a huge problem in my self-worth story mm -hmm. and my, you know, growing up process uh, i mean we talked about this in the trauma episode a little bit that the trauma especially in in child age right as a child it manifests in some ways and then at some point it comes out in in as an adult or like in a later age and it usually takes years to manifest and to mm -hmm. to break out in some ways but that's huge yeah well and kim and i also talked about this yesterday um, or two days ago, where that that's basically what happened with me as well, where I thought that my trauma in 2016 is what caused my anxiety. But the more I look back at it, the more I learned that I was I I was really depressed when I was like 18, 19. And I didn't realize that that's what that was. And I used other things to like sex, for example, I used that as an escape from all of those things that I was feeling because I didn't know how to handle them. I mm. didn't know how to express those emotions or get rid of them or make sense of them. Mm. And so I used other things to escape from that. And it wasn't until fairly recently, I, within the last few years, that I kind of pieced it all together that it's mm. all connected to trauma. Totally. Mm. I mean, what I have to say is that I'm impressed by how you built your life around all of that shit that happened. Thank I don't you. know you personally, but from what I've seen on social media and, and what I know, that you have an impressive life and that you can be really proud of yourself. Thank you. Uh, for a lot of accomplishments. Um, and because, just from conversations you and I have had too, yeah. whether on Instagram or within the past couple of days, I knowing more of your story and and what your childhood was like and how you grew up i am so in awe by the person you are right now mm -hmm. and you should be really really proud of that mm -hmm. thank you yeah totally and i think i mean as i said the the emotional abuse of a child is a fairly easy thing because a child doesn't know any better it can't do anything about it well, they they are and, they're still learning emotions. Right, you, they're still learning how to handle really them. You don't really understand that. You get yelled at for no reason. You get called things for no reason, and it's all stuff that is projected onto you because of whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And you have to carry that around, and you have to deal with it at a later point, which is fucking unfair. But that's just how it is. Um, but I think that that's that's even the cooler thing. Uh, saying looking back now and seeing 
what the fuck was that and how through how much shit did I have to go but I'm still here and I'm still like standing and I'm still not like you know li living somewhere mm -hmm. under a bridge and drinking myself to death mm -hmm. I think that's 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 a huge accomplishment I, I did a, and, I did a lot of drinking for a while in in my 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 between 18 and, and 20 after I had a really bad relationship mm -hmm. on top of that too so drinking was was also for me a way to cope with that but I never saw it like yeah. that at that time just as Danny said before yeah, yeah I mean I mean in Austria especially a lot of people drink around that age a lot like a lot so yeah but I think that's also a, a good thing to see or to to acknowledge at least okay there was a time where I used that I mean I had the two I had two years of like insane binge drinking and like like the worst like from zero to 110 percent and it was also a lot of shit that I had to work through because of that so I don't know like hating myself for what happened with my hand and stuff like that but I think acknowledging it and also seeing it and maybe also being a little aware of okay drinking is could be a potential fallback for me if I do it too much or something I don't mm -hmm. know at least that's how I see it if I drink too much I <laughs> become someone I don't want to become yeah that's why we don't really drink at all <laughs> I understand that I'm drinking whenever I drink I get really bad anxiety the day after like mm -hmm. really bad so I try to not do it too much that's a good segue um, I mean I assume that that all of that stuff um, is still affecting you as you said um, but ex I mean uh, especially in like relationship I think that's a it's a can be a big deal breaker kind of or at least or it can cause a it lot of can cause, miscommunication yeah, right. or issues is there something especially that you noticed the last couple of years or that that you are aware of that i don't know triggers you or something it's funny because i until a couple of years ago i never really thought that my childhood was an issue and I never really combined those points. And it's funny because, as I said, today is the first time that I talk about it publicly. A lot of my, my closest friends don't even know the story because I'm, I'm a chatter. I like to talk a lot, but that's a story that I just... And it, it really made me nervous talking about it. And so whenever I tell the story, it doesn't even feel like my story. It's, it's, it's weird now. And um, so... The thing is that I feel like a lot of choices with my ex-boyfriends, my former relationships, kind of resulted out of that. Um, because, you know, my self-worth was never good. Um, the, how I saw myself or how I still see myself. Um, and I feel like I attracted a lot of really, really bad people on top of that. Um, so I had a total... Um, four relationships and two or three of those were actually each one had a pretty bad event happening in it so I, I kind of yeah I had my share with shit if I can say that mm -hmm. so my first bad relationship was from 14 to 16 with a no 16 to 18 sorry with a guy that was really physically abusing me in terms of controlling me, telling me I cannot go out alone. Um, mm. He just took what he wanted. Let's put it that way. Um, he mm -hmm. just, 
he tried to make me the person he wanted me to be. And, you know, that is mm -hmm. an age where you also develop a lot of... Um, character traits and... and thank you, mm -hmm. where you where you build up your character traits, mm -hmm. you know. And that's when someone is also always trying to tell you, you're not pretty, you're not smart, you just be, be glad that I'm there for you. Oh, yeah. that's horrible. And then he tried to... Um, I was always somebody that wanted to do more and travel. And he, he, on top of that, he was pretty racist too, which at that time I thought you can keep out of a relationship, but you can't, like you really can't. So he would always tell me like, you don't have to go somewhere else. Why don't you like it here? You don't like your country. He would, he would come at me with that. Oh um, my God. <laughs> he would get drunk really bad. And then he would yell at me for hours And then he wanted sex. And when I didn't want that, he would get mad at me. <laughs> and that was like going on forever. Mm. Yeah. And I, w I wanted to break up a couple times, but he would literally crawl on my fucking roof at home and wow. look at me and say, if you break up with me, I'm going to jump. Okay. Wow. So he was, yeah, he was bad. And um, this actually affected me for, to we were just together for two years, but it affected me for seven Mm -hmm. because he would always find a way back into my life mm -hmm. and it just stopped when I went to the States after my graduation mm -hmm. in 2013 that was finally the last time I've seen him before I left and I mean he did change over the years he was not that bad of a drinker and abuser in the end but he's just he's a psychopath mm -hmm. he just needs to control people mm -hmm. yeah it sounds that's what that he does. way narcissist and control freak yeah so he uh, he also um tried to, to pull me down drag me down and um so my self-worth didn't grow with that relationship either and i just i never really with what i know now with my knowledge over the past two three years i'm asking myself why would you do that But I still, at that time, I was still having my emotional wall. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to deal with that. I, I didn't really see it as a problem, a, a long-lasting problem. I just thought, well, it's, it's annoying, but it was okay. I was really a cold person. And um, then it all stopped um, when I was in the States and met my, um, my ex-boyfriend there. He was um, a German soldier and I was an Austrian au pair. And it all started as a pretty nice love story. Like we met and he had a girlfriend at that time, but he just fell in love with me and uh, broke up with his girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And so we had a great time there and said, well, we're going to move together, either Germany or Austria. And I was already back in Austria in 2015. And he just had a couple more months left in the States. And I don't know, all of a sudden he, he would just wouldn't text me anymore. And I'm like, what? And then after three days of no contact, um, he was like, can we talk? And just a little side note, we were already talking about marriage. And like he initiated getting serious and moving together and doing that stuff. So just, yeah. So I had a Skype conversation with him. I was at a friend's house in Salzburg at that time. And I told my friends, like, he's going to break up with me. And they all knew him. They said, well, he would never do that. 
So yeah, I basically broke up with myself because he wouldn't even say a lot of things. And we never fought, like nothing was wrong. All of a sudden he just explained to me, well, I'm not feeling good. This is weird, nah. And I was like, do you break up with me? What is happening? And he's like, I don't know. And oh, I was okay. too proud to talk mm -hmm. about it. So I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Okay, then you break up with me. All right, fine. Mm -hmm. And until that point, I never knew that emotional pain can physically hurt you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But after that, I, 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 I really thought I'm going to die. It was, it's, I don't know, I can't even describe that feeling. I was in the bathroom um, floor crawling up and um, yelling without a tone because I didn't want my friends to hear it. Mm -hmm. Because I was still too proud to show emotions. Mm -hmm. So basically everything. Because you know that's weak. Yeah, everything you had, you, you basically suppressed it. You pressed it down and kept it down. And, and then everything kind of came came at you all at once it seems yeah it, it was when i until a couple months later um so i pretty much decided not to deal with it i'm like yeah well fuck it i'm just gonna move on and i started drinking again and he married an american girl five months later five months wow i was like are you serious mm -hmm. at that time i really thought that was my person in life everybody thought that mm-hmm And that was when, when I actually was already with my um, last ex-boyfriend. Okay. Um, so, sorry, you. how much time was in between? Half a year. Because when, when the American ex-boyfriend broke up with me, I kind of moved to Vienna. I just... Mm -hmm. That was like a very sudden um, decision. I moved to Vienna. I got a new job. I kind of got new friends. And I was like, I'm just going to start all, all over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Except of dealing with it, which, you know, one smart person would have done, but not me. Nah. <laughs> that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> It's nothing to do with how smart you are. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's, also, that's also something, I mean, running away from your feelings and from your hurt and stuff. That's yeah. kind of normal. Everyone does that. Yeah. At some point it catches you and you should deal with it in a healthy way, but <laughs> it happens. Everyone does that at some point. <laughs> Everybody always told me it will catch you. You have to get closure. And I was always like, nah, I <laughs> Everybody, but not me. That's, that's the Austrian stubbornness. That closure Absolutely. is a concept for the weak. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, to, to be the strong one always. Mm -hmm. That was kind of what I tried to do. It's it's so funny because it's actually the opposite. Being strong doesn't mean showing no emotions and, and acting strong. Opposite. It's ex the exact opposite. Yeah. Being strong means being means you're one. you're comfortable with your emotions. Yeah, right. And being one with your emotions, dealing with them and not <laughs> running away or, or or suppressing them until you can't anymore but it's like it's almost like we're taught that being strong is not showing your emotions right. and being strong is to be there for somebody else so they can show their emotions and yeah. they can be weak yeah. as it would be said and, i mean uh, as you said with your dad i mean i assume that your dad was like a typical austrian man or is a typical austrian man where he says okay don't cry or if you cry or when you cry he yells at you or something um at least That's that's what I know from my dad and from other friends' dads. That's what they just did. 
they told you not to cry, you'd be tough and mm -hmm. toughen up and show no emotion and don't talk about the emotion. Thank God my mom my is different. my biological father, I, I can't remember if he did that. My stepdad, which I love enormously, and he's awesome, by the way, he sometimes he acted that way when I was younger. Yes, okay. he had to soften up over the years yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a general, general, a general problem thing. in generations. Yeah, mm -hmm. because they grew up in a complete different time where mm -hmm. still hitting children was okay and yeah. fine. And and I I mean I know my grandpa from the one side that's still alive. I I know how he treated my dad, and I can you can still see that in their relationship, and it's just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but you were saying you, oh, your last ex-boyfriend. Exactly. So that was the last one where Universe thought, let's see if she learned something. She sent me that one. And yeah, well, I didn't learn. So I got in a relationship with him. And um, the first almost a year was nice. Um, we moved together pretty fast. And I mean, the thing is, I don't want to get into the whole story because that would just be too long. But mm -hmm. from when I got to know him, I always thought something's off with this dude. Like he, he is just not normal. But I thought he's just a little crazy. You know, I'm crazy too. I was like, well, yeah, let's try. I kind of talked myself into it. Mm -hmm. And I never l listened to my gut feelings back then. And now I know. My gut feeling is the best feeling that I have. It almost always is. It yep. always is. But we yep. always think we don't trust ourselves. We don't yeah. take us. Yeah, we, we, we just don't trust ourselves. So I think but also I think you have to make certain decisions and also wrong decisions to learn and to to build that gut feeling because how would you know that something's wrong if you never experienced it? Right. True. True. So we, we got into a relationship and then when we moved together, it started his, I mean, he always was a good drinker and he always liked a good party. Mm -hmm. And at first I was fine with that too. But after a while I was just, you know, settled and I wanted to have calmer weekends too. And I mm -hmm. just wanted to do getaways, just the two of us, because we both travel a lot. And he was always like, oh, we need so many friends to go with us and we need party. And I was Ugh. like, why do you always need other people? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh. And I'm a very social person. I, I have a lot of friends and I'm fine with that. But sometimes I put my, it's some, sometimes it's just time for two, you know? Yeah. We yep. don't always need people around us, but he always needed them. And then it started that he would go out alone, which I'm fine with because I'm not jealous in general. Um, but I would have this weird feeling that something's off. Like he would go out very long and sometimes at some point he just, didn't come home anymore and when that happened the first time I was like really mad he didn't come home for one and a half days I wow think. and I was like are you are you serious and it happened a lot actually and there were so many stories and he he would just I would sit at home crying knowing something is not right but I didn't know anything actually And as I said, I was never a jealous, per jealous person. I, and I'm really not proud of this, um, started to look at his phone because mm -hmm. I just did not know what was going on, but I mm. knew something is not right. And he would always tell me, you can always look at my phone. Like, it's fine. And one day I was sitting at home. I was so frustrated. And I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. 
And the fun thing was I never really found anything super bad. I found stuff where I was like, eh, it's not really nice in the relationship to mm-hmm. talk to other women like that. But mm-hmm. well, he didn't cheat on me. So I couldn't say anything. And I did that for half a year. Oh, wow. And nothing, there was nothing where I, I really knew he cheated on me. It was just stuff where he would talk badly about me with his friends or with other women where he would just try to meet up with other women, but it was never cheating. And then after all got too bad, he also started taking drugs, like chemical drugs. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Which I thought was just happening at the end of our relationship. I know today that it happened way earlier. It happened okay. with his going out for like two days in a row. Shit. Okay. And this doesn't sound so bad, but um, when he when we broke up, um, I let him still stay in the apartment and sleep in our bed because it was like, well, we're friends. It's fine. We just, we just don't really match. But I still had this off feeling that something is not right. And... When, he, when it was the day to clean the apartment, he already brought his new girlfriend. Uh, wow. That, that oh was my God. like not even a month after we broke up and he already has seen her for three months. And I was oh, okay. like, what? And I'm, up till today, I don't know everything because people don't really want to tell me because I knew at that time I was mentally close to getting into hospital. Like I was really mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. this all fucked with my brain so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't trust anyone anymore. Not myself, not nobody. I was mm-hmm. feeling so paranoid all the time. The anxiety started at a point because I was sitting at home and I was getting those weird heart bumps and I thought something's wrong with my heart. Panic attacks even. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and and one day I was talking to the father of a friend and I said, well, I think I have to get uh, to, uh, to check out my heart because mm-hmm. something's wrong. And I explained it to him and he looked at me and he's like, girl, you're having panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Why would I? And <laughs> so my mental health at that time was bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Super nervous all the time. So and that was also the reason why I never really broke up with him before even though I knew he's not treating me right, because I I couldn't, I I wasn't strong enough. And um, up until today, I don't know everything because they don't really want to tell me. I just know that he cheated on me countless times. He even tried to cheat on me in our apartment while I was in the other room. Oh. Um, He lied like basically half half of our relationship was a lie right on fuck and that's when it started to like really okay now i'm done mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thing that that's that's i mean as horrible as it is and as as shitty the whole story ended and as as awful he treated you it's kind of sad that we attract certain people at a certain age or up to a certain age mm-hmm. if, it's so or it's so or in stupid. a certain state of mind, right? Even it's, and people, I mean, sure he he didn't he didn't it. And I'm I'm not saying that he did all of that on purpose. Like he treated, he wanted you to just uh, feel miserable or anything. He's just an asshole, and that's what assholes do. 
but mm. it's just shitty that it's exactly at that point where you're emotionally at that state someone comes along and again abuses you in so many ways and you're just I, mean, uh, I i know he was just an ass but what i really thought was horrible because also he and also our friends knew i was very close to having a total breakdown mm -hmm, to like mm -hmm. really go crazy and i was yeah. i had a couple nights where i was just sitting there and i was like i, I have to do something with me like i don't know mm -hmm. if i have to go to a hospital or i i just can't anymore i can't yeah. stop the voices in my head i can't stop the panic attacks i just can't and nobody nobody said anything hmm. and i know a lot of people that probably will listen to this will will feel stepped on their toes but nobody you know they all looked at me they all knew something and nobody said anything and that is something that is very hard for trust yeah, yeah that's that i can relate to when I, the night that i was attacked in 2016 leading up to it we were out with a bunch of friends and or people that i assumed at that time were my friends and a couple of them had told me the next day when I had told them what happened, they had said, yeah, I thought something was kind of off with you, but I know you've been having a hard time lately, so I just wanted you to have a good night. I wanted you to have fun. And one of them actually saw one of my attackers like making out with me, which is not something I would have done at the time. We were at a strip club, which I wouldn't have gone to. And... This one of the guys who ended up being one of my attackers was was just very aggressively making out with me. And my friend is basically sitting next to me and he saw the whole thing and he didn't stop it. He didn't say anything. Aww. And then the next day he was like, oh, I feel really bad because this I maybe could have stopped it. I'm like, yeah, think <laughs> uh. it's like these people. It's so interesting. These people that are our friends and after the fact, they tell us, oh, yeah, I totally saw that or I totally. Yeah. I totally felt that from you, but they never say something. And I, I totally understand you because that it feels so incredibly hurtful that those people yeah. don't look out for you. Yeah, but to be honest, I mean, that's a big sign to get fucking rid of those people. Yeah. As much as it might hurt because you like them, pff, seriously, fuck them. If they treat you, if they step on you like that, if they are back, that's backstabbing basically. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I... I yeah. don't know. Or I didn't really care too much at that time. <laughs> fuck you. Seriously, fuck you. Get Our the fuck out of my Our podcast also features many voices of Voify. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's just horrible. You don't treat people like that. If you treat yeah. people like that, you yes. shouldn't have friends. Change, change. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's horrible. So if some times. people listen and if some people feel attacked, fuck you. <laughs> absolutely no you're yeah. right i think one of my problems also always is was and still is that from a very young age i learned to put kind of put a mask on and i learned to be the strong person so i think the problem is why they never said anything is because they didn't know how bad it was i don't want to defend anybody but I mean, up until today, people that know me very well are like, oh, oh, you're really having an episode right now? You're feeling that bad? Oh, sorry, I didn't know. And I, I personally feel like, you know, my neighbor that doesn't even know me could see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But people tell me that I obviously get in survival mode and they have no clue. 
And yeah. at that mm-hmm. time, um, friends of mine said that I was not myself. They knew mm-hmm. something was off and some people tried to talk to me. But I wouldn't let them talk to me, actually. Um, um, uh, have yeah, you ever like talked to a therapist about that stuff? Yes. So okay. I started therapy after that relationship ended because I knew... So basically from my last relationship to today, pretty much almost a year of um, me living for the first time, living alone in an apartment, just surrounding myself with great people, talking to my parents about all of that um, and seeing a therapist was my one year. I don't know how you want to call it. um, Building myself up story Mm -hmm. and um, come back. Mm-hmm. My, my yes thank you that's a good word good mm-hmm. word my comeback and now being with a partner that is super supportive and nice and great actually did change a lot that's in my awesome. self-worth and in everything that's awesome uh um how is your partner dealing with your like anxiety or your uh, depression yeah because we had talked about how there's kind of the two sides of it. Either you're in a relationship where the other person doesn't have the experience or the, I mean, I guess experience is the right word, but they mm. they don't, they've never had something like that. They've never had depression. They've never had anxiety. And so it can be kind of a battle in that way where they can't understand you and that can be difficult. And then there's also the other side, like what me and Voifi have, where we both have depression and we both have anxieties and because of that we understand each other a lot better when we're in those moments and so we can be more understanding when okay this person is like when i'm more on edge he's more understanding of the fact that i'm on edge and doesn't take it personally because he knows where i am and he knows Mm -hmm. what it what it is Mm -hmm. and so i think that can be super helpful as weird as that sounds to be with somebody who who experiences it but it can also have as challenges i think where a lot of times with my anxiety there have been times where voifi feels like i don't trust him because i question things sometimes or my anxiety causes no matter the fact that i know he would never do anything behind my back i know i trust him more than i trust anybody else in the world but i still sometimes and you and i talked about this kim where i still sometimes have this weird voice in my head that says something's happening what if something is going to happen i'm not enough for this person and why would he settle down for me exactly that's that's i mean that's typical anxiety talk what if and then the worst case scenarios play out in your head and exactly so how is that in your current relationship do you both have similar backgrounds that way or does he not really have much experience in all of those emotions and anxieties so he um is coming from a very also a very great um household um he had a couple years ago he had a moment where everything kind of uh fell down on him and Mm -hmm. he went into coaching okay so just kind of life coaching for life Mm -hmm. decisions and because he felt very pressured with uh, his career mm-hmm. so he knows how to take on help okay, but he never good. really experienced um, anxiety and depression in that way and 
I have to say for me, um, unfortunately, when I have an episode or when I, I have this really bad mood swings, like mm -hmm. really, really bad. And I, 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 survival mode for me is bitch mode. Like I get okay. really mm -hmm. nasty and, and bad. I, I start to shut people out. Um, some, it, also, it, it also happens with friends. Like they want to care about me. They, they want to get to me and say, well, you haven't talked to me in a while. What's going on? And sometimes I don't pick up the phone. Sometimes I don't write back. Sometimes mm -hmm. I get really mad at them when they try to get too close to me. Mm -hmm. I had that with one friend. Um, she, she's amazing. And she really wanted to be there for me because um, she actually got cheated on also last year. And we spent a lot of time together going out and just picking our pieces together. Mm -hmm. And at some point she came to close and I started to bitch like really bad. And I was like, mm -hmm. I tried to shut her out. And the problem is that I cannot really control this. I feel like after all this experience, my body or my mind is trying to test people at mm -hmm. some point to see if they're really gonna stay or how yeah. far i can go it I mean, sounds so natural. fucked up it's kind of natural though if you think about it and if you think back how everything happened with your dad and with that family with your dad's side i mean <laughs> naturally you get to this point where you have to see if those people really stick around well and not just with your family but also with the people no, that you every, dated yeah, you no, every, yeah. a relationship requires that you put so much of yourself into it and when you constantly kind of get shut down by those people and let down by those mm. people that's going to cause so many trust issues in mm. any relationship and so i think yeah. it's it, it doesn't shock me or surprise no, me at all that at all. that it has become like what you said, like kind of you test people a little to see how how much of me can they handle, how much yeah. how much can I <laughs> yeah. do until they leave or will they stay if I keep doing this. But I think I think that's a good point because uh, I think the key to that whole thing is just being open, talking about it, explaining it to people because some people might don't know your background. I mean, they don't need to, but just how that whole thing comes from or at least where you are standing right now. And then also giving yourself a little more credit. I don't know if you do that, but you should definitely get yourself, give yourself a lot of credit for, again, being in the place where you are right now, um, being emotionally open to people that you even can like handle a relationship because that's not nothing with what happened to you the last couple of years. That's that's pretty mm -hmm. pretty amazing. And also, I mean, uh, those mood swings. And I always, always explain it like it comes in waves and that's just how it is, unfortunately. Um, but those mood, mood swings or those phases where you feel like down or, or anxiety ridden or whatever, it's part of the whole growing and, and healing. healing. It's part of it. If those waves wouldn't come, you would know, okay, there's something wrong. There's something yeah. wrong. But but those waves, those those part that's that's a good thing and you should i mean when it's they come, almost like in those moments for you you're testing people but yeah. your emotions and your body is testing you yeah right and it's saying okay you've you've come this far i'm gonna hit you again with something and let's see what you can do right, with it it's right. almost like a, a weird cycle of your body's testing you so that you can test other people mm -hmm. but if you look at it as a test for yourself you should hug those moments you yeah. should 
you should cherish those moments and you should say, okay, it's true, yeah. This is part of my 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 path. This is part of my healing, and thankfully, I'm going through that because going through that makes me stronger afterwards. Yeah. That's how I see yeah, it, and that's how I came that far. Otherwise, I would have not been. <laughs> well, and Kim and I talked about this the other day too, where I I believe that that's one of the most beautiful things about being human is that we can be so low and such a dark place yeah. and still come out on the other side stronger and better and have having learned something. Yeah. And the fact that we can experience all of those emotions, I think is the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah, I think so too. That's true, but it's at the same time, it's just super hard. Like yeah, yeah it's myself. very hard. Um, I'm so annoyed by this. I mean, that sounds weird, but after a while, I started um, talking openly about it because I felt like I write. I like to write. I always love to write. So I started to write about um, my feelings. I, I hold it very general, so I never talk in detail like I do it now at my in my blog for example but i try to just get it out and it's very therapeutic th th blah, blah. Yeah. therapeutic no therapeutic yeah. therapeutic mm -hmm. yeah. thank you <laughs> you're welcome and um but you know i i at some point when your body decides you have to deal with this now because i remember mm -hmm. the past years people would come up to me and say well you have to deal with it and you know what i did it sounds so weird <laughs> I sat in my bed and I lit some candles and I, I put on music and I'm like, all right, I'm going to deal with it. But this is not how it works. Mm -hmm. This is I mean, not how mental health works. It can. Not for me. But, but yeah, I mean, for some people it might help, but yeah. I mean, help, but it doesn't fix it. It doesn't, right. it doesn't right. address it really. It's just more of a, I'm going to chill now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew how I could how i could deal with things i just didn't learn it i think mm -hmm. i i just but nobody never really knew. does yeah nobody does and, and that's true yeah. but i think I, um as from from what i what i get um and what you're saying is um and the word annoyed uh is a is is already a good thing because i think how you approach those situations and how you approach those feelings uh makes the whole outcome basically worse or better because if you go into like oh fuck again i fucking can't do it i can't deal with it right now whatever are you already fueling it you're basically putting more gasoline into mm -hmm. the fire as if you would go in into like okay good my body or my my mental health tells me i should just chill maybe cancel like a, a night off with friends or take a day off or even take a like a spa day or just like lazy day or whatever or even do something that you usually never do, or maybe, I don't know, visit your mom or something like that, you know, that calms you, that helps you. Ah, it's just so much better. You, it's it's really hard. It's fucking hard. Like, it, it took me, I think, one and a half years to get to that state where I can tell myself to do that. And now it's automatic because it's just programmed into my head. But that's just, that's the key how you approach it. And I think people need to learn about the situation. Yeah. Like for me, now that I talk openly about it and my inner circle and family and everybody knows the situation and they've accepted it, some took longer, some more easier. 
Now I can tell them, well, sorry, I, I feel bad today. I, I don't mm -hmm. have a good yeah. day. And, and I tell them, well, you know how I am when I'm in bitchy mode. And they were like, yeah, yeah, just, oh, you're fine. Do whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it just takes a while. And also that's um, what you asked me before is how my boyfriend deals with it. Like he's absolutely amazing with it. When we met, um, I knew, you know, it's always when you meet someone, you don't always want like, hey, my name's Kim. I have depression, anxiety. How are you? you know, <laughs> That's exactly. how it should be. <laughs> That's all my emotional baggage. How, what, what size is yours? Here you go. <laughs> so, but I knew I had to do this because I couldn't trust people. I couldn't trust men because men, so many men hurt me in the past. So, and so I knew from... I felt like he was in all the time. And he also told me that later. He just, we actually went to school together in Upper Austria a couple of years ago. Oh, that's fun. And then he got back to me over Facebook and Instagram and he just te started texting me. And he was like, I, I just know you, my woman. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And it was funny because we met because I was super anxious because for me the chemistry when i see somebody is everything like they can be mm -hmm. as pretty and whatever but if there's no chemistry mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sorry it's not gonna work yeah and he actually texted me like you know you and then i said well what if what if i what if you think i look ugly or whatever you know and he's like i think your personality is so awesome you cannot be so ugly as that i don't still like you <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> okay so, and he, um, I had to tell him from the very beginning what's going on. And I remember our second date, I pretty much told him the story that I told you today. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and like, are you sure I'm not going to be boring for you? Because that kind of shit is not going to happen with me. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> totally. And I mean, he, he's awesome. He's so kind of, um, mm, when I have a bad day, like sometimes we text, like he still lives in Upper Austria, I live in Vienna. I'll move to Upper Austria soon, but during the week we have a long distance relationship kind of thing. Um, and sometimes when I have a really, really bad day, I, I don't even get up. And, you know, I text him, well, I didn't get up. I'm still in bed and I'm still in my jammies. And he's like, oh, ho, ho, he's making fun of it. And at that time, I'm still at, I'm already at home being super pissed and depressed. And I don't know. And I'm like, then I start. I stop texting because when I have a bad day, I I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, and then he's like, "Well, are you having a chilly, lazy day today, huh?" And I'm like, "Fuck you! <laughs> I'm having the worst day, and you think that's funny?" Mm -hmm. So sometimes he doesn't quite get it at the beginning. Yeah. And the problem is that I don't want to say it because I annoy myself with being in a, in an episode again, and I don't mm -hmm. want to tell people like oh, I'm feeling so bad again because I don't want to burden. But when people don't get it, I get annoyed. So you know the circle. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then he's like, oh, you feel fine today with your lazy day. And I'm like, I feel horrible. And he's like, oh, no, can I do something? And at, at that point, I'm already so loaded. So it's hard for him. And I know that. I really know that. But I appreciate him. He, he just knows how to handle me and... He really tries his best, and that's everything you can ask for mm -hmm. yeah. from somebody that doesn't, that hasn't not experienced that before. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it sounds 
awesome and it, it sounds like he understands you up to a certain point um but also i think a big key is like communication like being open about stuff and also you can totally i don't know if you did that already but like just you can totally tell us men how to behave in certain situations or how what to say or what not to say especially with mental health you can totally address those things because because it's a stigma kind of and and people tend to not talk about that stuff mm -hmm. but people should because it avoids certain things and yeah. the worst case is suicide um not that you're suicidal or anything but it's just in general speaking i think it's just to be honest i would rather hear from my girlfriend wife or whatever like hey please not say things like that when i feel like that because i don't want to hurt her in that moment obviously mm -hmm. i want to be helpful um but if i don't know how to deal with that stuff uh and how would i then it would really help myself uh that that i would hear it at least like hey please if something like it comes up just you know you can say things like that but please don't say things like that because it's not helpful yeah. and i mean i totally understand that i have like because three people that i can talk to about depression in my mm -hmm. life and that's it and i have a lot of friends but they just don't understand and i can't come with that stuff to them because well, and it I, sounds like that he it sounds like he wants to understand yeah, it right, sounds like right. he wants and he cares mm -hmm. and so that's why it's also it it could be really beneficial for him to know what things should i not at all say and what things would be helpful or just yeah that way he he can be there for you the yeah. way that he seems to want to be yeah. and not trigger you in in any way they're good they're good articles online where you can find like things to not say to people who are mm -hmm. depressed or in, in anxiety you know, it's this weird thing in a relationship where you have to talk to your partner about your 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 fears and anxieties, but at the same time you feel like you you they're fed up with it and they will leave you because you're complicated. Oh my god. Yeah, I can yeah. totally I can totally relate. I don't like to talk about that stuff because I feel like like when I was in my worst episodes where I had like fear for one and a half years that I had cancer, like legitimately believed I had cancer, I couldn't talk about it anymore because yeah. I I feel, felt like, okay, I don't want to put that burden on her again. I don't want to be so repetitive all the time, even though I needed to talk about it yeah, and it was really exactly. good. But I, so I can totally relate. But that's something that you also the need to learn. I mean, in the end, that's something you need to fix. Nobody else can fix it for you. But um, just talk about it. Just and the more you again, do, the, just the again. easier it gets. Right, and right. Most of the time, if you have a partner who cares about it, it doesn't matter to them if they've heard it before, right? Because they know that talking about it helps you, and so they're there. And that's that's how it was with us. I would tell him all the time, if you need to talk about it, I don't care if I've heard it a million times. I don't care if it's the exact same thing, word for word, like a script, yeah. like you said the last time. True. If you need to get it out and you need me to be here to listen, then I'm here to listen. Yep. And yep. I think yeah, it's important. True. And I almost. If you have a partner who cares about you, which it sounds like you do, I I don't think that that's going to be something that he would have an issue with. He's he's really someone that tries to build me up, and um, I've never experienced that before with no person actually, because he really says, "Girl, you you put you 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 pulling yourself down. Like you say you're ugly, you say you you're stupid, whatever, but you're not. Like you're great, you're awesome, mm -hmm, you're amazing, mm -hmm. you're beautiful. 
and he motivates me to see myself or to work on myself mm -hmm. and to work That's on good. my childhood trauma shit to really get that out because yeah. he's the first one my no offense to my friends and my family but <laughs> he's the first one that i really believe the things he's yeah. telling me because i have so much i have such a high opinion of this person of my boyfriend mm -hmm. um that he he really literally i think my my friends and my parents tell me that for years but i was always like well you have to tell me that you know it's like Bleh. Mm -hmm. but he is the first one that i really believe him saying me um that he feels that i'm intelligent and that i'm smart and that i'm pretty mm -hmm. and that i'm fine just the way i am that's so, good that's good it's great to have someone in in my life well i think um that's a good positive note to end on yeah. to end on um so yeah thank you for um sharing your personal sad story but also in the end it's not sad because uh, as i said at the beginning i mean look at yourself you are the best example for throw as much shit as possible at a person and it comes out clean as fuck you know you you're you're a strong woman in a good solid relationship right now and i i mean you're dealing with your past demons but uh, that's good i mean that's mm -hmm. everything that's that what you're doing right now is good there's nothing like i wouldn't say wrong about it so and it's Thank important you. it's important to remember and remind yourself that you and to tell yourself as often as you can that you are worthy yeah. and that you're enough just how you are yeah. and that doesn't mean you you can't continue to work on things but what you're going through right now and the things you're trying to work on now doesn't make you any less worthy of love or of whether it's by another person or by yourself mm. so and and i'm very um inspired by you a lot a lot of things that you post and now knowing more about your past it's it's really inspiring to see that you've come up from yeah such a a tough past yep thank you i oh, appreciate your words yeah it's really amazing yeah it's so and hard for me still to take compliments but i yeah. Yeah, for me too. <laughs> very, 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 I'm very touched, actually. So, um, but but see it that see it that this, as I said already, it's it's your way, it's your path. You're walking on it. You're walking on the right way, and everything that comes or every rock that is in your way is part of getting better, getting stronger. And I always remind myself of like, okay, I'm going through this right now because there's a reason, and in exactly. the future, in the future. At some point, I will exactly come to a point where, I'm like, hey, I went through this. Mm -hmm. I have I advice need to, use to someone this else, thing that or, I learned. or exactly, it's like a tool. You're putting, yeah. you're crafting little tools. You're putting into the toolbox, and at some point, you will you use it again, or you will give the tool some to someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I can say it from experience. That's just how it is. So everything that's actually, that that's actually what really kept me going. What yeah. I learned is an absolute trust into the universe and yeah. that everything yeah. as, as weird as it sounds but everything does happen for a reason yeah yep. yeah totally totally so yeah thank you for for taking your time and for being so open yeah we really appreciate it thank you guys for listening to me listening to my story um i, I really feel heard and it's it's a great feeling and i think it's for me 
a very important step in my personal um, journey That's good. to get it out and talk about it. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to do so. Well, you're, you're welcome. very welcome. And we, we look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah. Uh, yes, finally. At the end, where can people find you if they want to find you? Or your blog, for example? So uh, on Instagram, uh, my name is uh, Kim out of Wonderland. Mm -hmm. And my blog is uh, kimvanpossible.com. Okay. So, so if anybody's interested um, to just say hello and yeah. see what's going on. <laughs> people should. Okay. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So, wow, that was a pretty tough story, but uh, a nice ending. And, and as you can see, working through something like that is possible. And it's amazing how she is still standing upright um, and keeps fighting. Absolutely. And it's also, I think, super inspiring. Yeah. And so for anyone out there who's struggling maybe with something similar, um, just know that it's possible and also know you're not alone. There are people out there who have a similar story to yeah. yours and or at least similar experience. Yeah. And you are able to get through anything. Yeah. So it it's difficult. It's not always an easy road, but what is that one quote? The the toughest climbs always lead to the best views. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a good a good way to think about it. So it might be tough, but it's it's all going to be worth it in the end yeah i think so too thanks again kim for uh giving us your time and thanks everyone for listening uh please share this episode if it meant something if you could relate if you like it or if um, you know somebody who might relate to it right um please share the podcast uh keep reviewing it uh and follow us um or not follow us but subscribe <laughs> um and yeah that's it Bye. Bye.